to the Oxford Sandy Black Pig Foundation Charity Podcast. My name is Kim Brooke, and today I'm joined with Ryan O'Neill from Ireland, who owns and runs the Village Butcher and Deli. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Kim. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Ah, good. Just good. got over the Christmas, the Christmas thing, so starting to get back into the swing of things now again. Well, look, Ryan, before we start, can I say I am in absolute awe of all that you have packed in in the five, I think, or six years, I think, we've known each other. Um, yeah. We met, I think, if I remember correctly, when you were a stockman working in a sow unit in England. And That's then it. from there you you left and then you stayed in England and you did a little bit of, um, I think, butchery for a while. And on top yeah. of that, you're a boxer. Um, and then you returned to Ireland and then you married. You no, came no. From boxing. And then you became a father last year. And then you set up your own butcher called the Village Butcher with food to go. Um, yep. How did this all happen? How did you find the time to pack it all in? Well, first of all, Kim, before we, uh, we start, um, I never got married. <laughs> oh, never, right. never got married. Uh, uh, I was... Uh, well, we didn't we didn't get married when I put it like that, but ju just to get that out there. <laughs> the farmer's well, you never know. Farmer. You never know. <laughs> um I, I, how it all started, I always had a passion for our animals. Um well, farming. Um and then the butchery. Um I started my apprenticeship whenever I was fifteen. Um just in my, my local town, in Strabane, um, through a scheme. And I, I got in, and w whenever you start off as an apprentice, uh, no matter what trade you're in, uh, you obviously, you know, you'd be brushing the floor, cleaning tools, um, nothing too, nothing too, well, it, it is interesting because you know if you've got a, a clear head, you know that it's uh, leading to better things. You have mm. to start somewhere. So I worked worked on my first job for for five years, um, and then I got to know I got to know the trade. I got to know what uh, the different primals, the different uh, cuts, um, the different ways to bone them out, um, all different things. But I always had an interest in. I don't know why it developed from an early age in my career, uh, sausage making. Um, and I went on to, um, like I was intrigued with the whole, you can basically, pork, for example, you can put uh, anything with pork. Yeah. Just to try it. And if mm -hmm. it doesn't taste good, well, that's okay. You could uh, tweak the ingredients a bit, they alter it or... You know, where you could just sack the idea all together. But had a few went on in later years and went around a few different butchers. Um, they had a few different ideas and a few different game plans. And I entered a few sausage competitions um, with, with their recipes. Brilliant. But, you know, um, and I, I got, got like really involved in that. But I always had a, in the back of my mind um, the farming. 
I was like I always want just on a small scale, not nothing big, just um being able to rear an animal, rear an animal properly, um look after it properly, uh butcher it, um and then cook it, cook all all the cuts, waste nothing and give everything give her uh the best life possible, but get the best benefit from it. Mm-hmm. So then went to England um and I was I was pig farming but I got my eyes open big time in England with the pig farming the the scale um and and the size of the the farms not only that it was the first time that I farmed uh, pigs uh, outdoor so and where was, where in England was this Ryan I was in I was in Suffolk right I was in Suffolk I was in Cornwall and then I was in Essex. Um and like over over here and I suppose in a lot of other commercial pig units as well. Um the process whenever the piglets are born, they get teeth, tailed and ironed. Um over in England or and in, in some parts of Ireland now it's starting to get a bit better weather. Um, because I know now with my research and my experience that um, we don't really have the climate for much outdoor pig farming in Ireland because of because of it's not really the, the layout of the land. It's just it's always wet here. Whereas I noticed whenever I went to Cornwall, if it rained at eleven o'clock, rained heavy at eleven o'clock, um, you could have sunbathed at twelve o'clock. It was just so. The climate was different, so it suited the outdoor pig farming really, really well. Um, but as I say, over here, teeth, tail, and iron. Uh, but outdoor piglets, they're not ironed because they they get the the benefit from the iron from the soil. Yeah. Um. So I learned that. That was that was pretty interesting. I learned a lot of stuff actually. Um, but they were big commercial units. Um. So you set off. Uh, there was a team of maybe 12 or 13 of us um, paired up maybe. Um, some of us went individual. Uh, we we all had a job to do. We met up again. Some some of us took our lunch in the tractors. Uh, some of us met up with the, the wee tea huts. Um, but it was a lot of work, uh, re- repetitive work, yeah. but really, really interesting for me because I, I've never experienced it before. So I was learning... Big ways, I was learning every day. Um, I, I was learning just uh, husbandry in general, fixing fences, anything was broke. You know what I mean? You had to do everything yourself, which was, that's proper. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that's proper farming. Um, then the butchery side of things, I always, when I, whenever I went to Cornwall, I left Ireland, um, went to Cornwall, um, Got a job working on a pig unit, and I just left the butchery. And a few months under the the pig farming in Cornwall, um, although it was a, a complete change of lifestyle, and I was moving around and meeting new people and seeing new things and all the rest, I always had it in the back of my head about the butchery. So long story short, uh. I missed the butchery whenever I was pig farming. Yeah. And then whenever I was pig farming, um, it was the other way about. Whenever I was butchering, I 
missed the pig farming uh, and vice versa. So <clears throat> came back here, got a job then, working on a place where... Well, how long did they, you stay in England for? How long did you stay? Five and a half years in, in England. Okay. And was that just generally, were you always working then on, on, on pig units or did you just say, right, enough was enough and you just thought, well, let's do a little bit of butchery here in England? Because did you do that for a little while before you went back home? In the last, in the last two years, um, I moved to London. Uh, <laughs> good thing or bad thing, I don't know, it was, it was an experience. I would never deter anyone from uh, trying things. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted to... I always wanted to see what London was like, uh, the lifestyle. You see things on TV and you hear things in the radio and all, all this about different places. But I went to London, actually went to London uh, to visit a few like old school boxing clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I was living, I was living in Essex at the time, and it wasn't it wasn't too far. Um, so got the train uh, and to London, went around all the same places and all the rest but I ended up uh, in a place that I followed for a long time uh, in Borough Market Ginger Pig nice and uh, I basically within a few days I got a job there so uh, and did you stay there for long? I was there I was there I was with Ginger Pig for I would say just less than a year Okay. When whenever I moved to London, eventually there was that much. My head was just spinning uh, of that much. There was that much stuff that I was interested in, uh, and so much of it that uh, you just couldn't like, soak uh, it all in. I suppose. I there was too. There was too much. Like there was one butcher shop specialised in just sausages. Mm-hmm. There was one butcher shop specialised in just dry aged beef and I wanted to do it all. I wanted to learn it all. <laughs> so I eventually eventually went to uh Providence. Uh Providence Village Butcher. Yes. And a great 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 bunch of lads and, and ladies. Um a lot of chefs working in there, which was right up my street because whenever I went to England, uh London especially, I was really, really interested in cooking. Um and I carried that back to where I am now and I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to show people that the simple dishes that you can cook. A lot of people like myself look at look at um something and say I'm not sure how to cook that. Yeah. But whenever they actually try um, and it's all about trying. Yeah. That, that's exactly what I'm doing now. Um, but the 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 butchers in London it was so it was so uh, versatile and so so you know got a customer here. Um, I'm so I'm so versatile and so up changing all the time that that it was forever changing. It was keeping a lot of people interested. And, and what they were doing, a lot of chefs, a lot. Of, I met a lot of chefs that were interested in butchering, and I was interested in cooking, so it worked so well. It 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 it, it was really good. And then whenever I moved, I moved back here. Um, 
my granny passed away and, and I, I just I ended up staying. Mm-hmm. So went back to my local pig unit. Uh, went back to my local butchers um, and was working between the two. And then this, this wee opportunity came up. And it just and how, felt, how did the opportunity turn up? I mean, did you... I went in. Is it something that... Um, so you never started off with butchering um, and having a little unit at home or setting up a little farm shop at home or a little enterprise? You just went straight into it and found this unit while you were out strolling down your village high street. Uh, so uh, the next uh, one of the villages... Uh, Next day, Straban. Straban's a, a decent-sized town. There's a, a good few, but well, not a good few butcher shops. There's there's a, a good few supermarkets. There's a couple of traditional butcher shops. Um, a small village called Saint Mulls, uh, in County Tyrone. Um, not sure of the population. It's a, it's a small village anyway, but there's been a butchers there this last sixty-something years. Um. Just a, a old school traditional butchers, and it's changed, changed over the years, and rules and regulations, and people's eating habits, and vegans, and all this stuff. But I, I walked in, and I knew the I knew the owner, and I just asked him had he any part time work or full time work, and he just said, um, "We haven't enough work here for ourselves. We close every day at three, but I'm retiring in a couple of months." Um and Michael being Michael, he just said I'll I'll hand you the key and um see how you go. So, so you basically went, handed over you were basically handed over a a butcher's shop. An established, in the village. An established yes. um, an established business. Um so went went home, um sat down with my parents, uh thought about it argued about it, wrote down facts, wrote down figures, uh, begged, borrowed, uh, d- done everything uh, out of my comfort zone. And uh, I, June, I think it was the last week in June, I opened up. And I, here I am. It's um, the equipment. Uh, basically, I have everything here, um, and I'm just upgrading uh Equipment, but by but. Um, so you started and- off. So you've walked in. So with regards to setting up the the, the business um, and dealing with all the 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 trading standard stuff and the legalities of sorting out, that was already established for you. So you. Well, I just um, I just know. I just basically had a uh, declare that um, it's under new ownership. Yeah. Um, so I had to just start from the start. I had to just start from the start and start contacting suppliers, start contacting health and safety, uh, local councils, just everything from the start. And I've and I done that myself, but, but it, took, it took a while because, as I say, of course I had help, um, but I have enough knowledge now to know what I need, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, but you, it's forever changing. Uh, yeah. Rules and as you say, rules and regulations, uh, allergens, uh, products that I can sell. It's forever changing. But I'm constantly, um, like I open Monday, Tuesdays, 
uh, usually closed on a Wednesday, open Thursday, open Friday with a late night, open Saturday with a late night, and closed on a Sunday. But the last owner for the past 20 years closed on a Monday. So it took it was strange because it took a long time uh, for people in the village to realize that it's under new management. Even though I've got a, a an expensive brand new sign above the door, it took it took a lot of people time to change that. I'm actually open on a Monday now. Um, but you started regard- off. I mean, Ryan. I mean. I think brave is that the word, but you took a lot of courage to set up a business um, last year when, I mean, when you look at the the current, as we say, economic climate that we're in and people yeah. being worried about their pennies and looking after what's happening, um, you started right bang slap in the middle of it all and how 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 is it how how have you coped i mean had the you know you advertising yourself and getting your name out there and i presume you're supporting local produce and getting the local um, that's 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 what i'm about Mm -hmm. that's that's a passion that i have like in in this country especially we're so close to donegal county donegal is renowned for their lambs the quality of the lamb free-range lamb, uh, grass-fed lamb, uh, grazing on the best pasture that that is available to us. I am passionate about that, um, that I can, I've got access to, you know, the best lambs that I can buy, the best beef that I can buy. I'm buying off, <clears throat> basically, beef-wise, I'm buying off local farmers that I used to, um, walk through their fields whenever I was a, a youngster. You know, I, I'm supporting local as best I can. Um, people are starting to realize now, like whenever I went to England, uh, I was first introduced to dry aged beef. And it's, it's actually only starting, this past maybe 10, 10, 12 years, it's only starting to take off here in Ireland, mm-hmm. the dry aged beef. Because I had a few customers come in at the start uh, looking around and you know, and have everything fresh. I have a, a very small counter, um, but everything's fresh every day. Um, I hand make my burgers. Um, I cure my own bacon. I do as as much as I can myself, and I, and it does myself. But whenever I put out the the dry aged beef with the the blue fur on it, and it's it's nearly it's nearly as black as the hat that I'm wearing. A lot of people um, were put off by, you know, that that meets off. So then I took it upon myself to try and educate through Facebook. Like I'm, I'm still learning every day myself. Um, we learn every day. If, if if we wake up in the morning and don't learn something new, then you know there's something yeah. something not right. But I was trying to educate through through social media. Uh, about the process of dry-aged meat and the longer it's ha- uh, hung on the bone, the m- more mature it should be, provided it's chilled in the right conditions and um, 
Now some of my best customers are people that buy the dried meat and they come in and it, w- one of my first customers had a rump. The rump was, I think, I, I have the records just, uh, just, just to have, but I think my first rump that I aged was 56 or 57 days old. And a fella came in and he asked for, can I have rump steak? And I, no problem. And I left the dr- And he says, have you got anything fresher than that? And I thought, I do, but I wouldn't really be comfortable selling it to you. And he says, that, that's, a bit, that's a bit off. I says, it's aged, it's matured. I says, once I cut the first slice off, now you'll you'll see what I mean. And I understand the like the aging around the meat. You know, it's got mm-hmm. a fur. You, you you understand, Kim? It's it's got a fur on it. Yeah, it's yeah, stuffy, yeah. But You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's been molded more for a better want of a word. But um, cut him the first slice, and he still wasn't he still wasn't having it. So they get established and. You know what I mean? They try and get my name out there and try and show that I'm, I'm trying my best and I'm passionate about what I've done. I cut him a, I cut him a steak enough for two people and I gave him the steak and he, he says, um, I'll take some money for it. And I says, you're not happy with it, so why would you pay for something that you're not happy with? Take it off you and let me know. So that fella spends... Between thirty and seventy pound every Saturday. Brilliant. Well done. And Good marketing. Yeah. And it's now it's now getting there where that's what I do, and that's you know that's so every so everything that you have is locally sourced. Now, what about your pork? Oh, I suppose there's no Oxford and Sandy Blacks around where you are, or is there? There, there's a few, but there's a few, but. Um, I was going to say between us, but we're we're being recorded here, so um, I've got a, a plan in place where I, I will be um, I will be specialising in uh, my own pork. Um, don't nice. want to say too much yet. Don't want to say too much yet, but no, I've got, got about a got about a suitable ground, um, and I'm sure you can hook me up. Yeah. I'm sure you can hook me up with uh, some Oxford Sandy and Blacks. Oh, Ryan, um, I'm sure we can help you. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. But, but all of your, so that, that is your, your main goal. So being of the village butcher and doing and promoting and helping your local surroundings uh-huh. and farmers. Um, yeah. But on top of all of that, because you're talking about educating people and showing them the flavour and the and the way meat is, you've got your the other side of your butchery is that you've got a deli and you also cook your food. I mean, I was I've I have looked um, on the village um, butchers <laughs> Facebook page and I've seen you've got chicken fillets stuffed with brie. And wrapped in smoked bacon and finished with the cranberry jam. Now, who on earth comes up with those sort of ideas? And then you've got something that you um, that we'd love to see in our porklicious cookbook that that we've recently um, been doing. Um, what is a super soup? No, a sugar 
hit, pork chop. So my take, my take on a, a sugar pot pork chop. Yeah. Um, I basically marinate a pork loin on the bone. Uh, skin off. Uh, marinate the uh, pork. You want to give me a recipe away? Uh, no. I do a few, I do a few other, uh, add a few other ingredients. Yeah. Um, but basically marinated and maple syrup. Um, and is for it all slow cooked and falling off the bone? I, I sell it. I know it's cured now. Um, I know you can't see. Well, I'll actually I'll show you my counter in a second if you want. But um, th that's the thing. A lot of people were coming in and asking about it. But they were never chancing it and buying it. Mm -hmm. What I've done uh, and what I'm going to continue to do, because I say I have an interest and a passion about it, I cooked the sugar pot pork chop. Um, I'm a, not a real big fan of veg. I've only started recently eating veg in this last three, four years. So cabbage is pretty good for us. Yes. Same thing again, produce local if you want it. You know, everything's here if we want it. So I cooked the sugar pot pork chop on a rack uh, underneath, or well, the cabbage was underneath. So the juices from the sugar pot, the chop flavored the cabbage, and I just made a dish. Um, it was sugar pot pork chop, mashed potato, and cabbage, and that increased my sales of the sugar pot pork chop. Um, to basically, instead uh, instead of trying to put it on special offer or instead of eating it for my breakfast, lunch, and dinner every night myself, um, it was, it turned on the, have you got any sugar pot? Um, I will, I'll have it ready next week. So, stuff like that. Um, like, and why, and, and are you getting, are you seeing people when they come in to buy their burgers that you're providing and all this different, the cooked meals, the deli side of things, uh -huh. are they coming over and they're saying, well, look, Ryan, while I'm here, can I have a couple of kilos of sausages and can I have pork uh -huh. chops and, and so on? Uh, so is that, that bringing that, a different clientele to, to your butchers? So what's, what, what I've seen happening uh, recently is, for example, the, the sugar pot pork chop, I've, I've cooked that um, on my hot food menu. And do and then, people sit down? Can they sit down in your butchers, or do you, or they just basically take away? So, what I've seen is people come in. I, I put the the cooked meal on the social media that I cooked at home for mm -hmm. myself, but at the same time, I I obviously get to eat it, which uh, I really enjoy. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, it shows people. I do like I try. I try my best to do a step. But as I say, I'm not the best chef, or I'm not a you know what I mean? I'm not going to be a master chef next year. No, but it's, well, it, it's home, home, home cooked, isn't it? That's what we want, home produce. Plain, plain, simple, yeah. It's just plain, simple, home cooked food that everyone, everyone can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not, you know what I mean? As I say, I'm learning every day, uh, but it's plain, simple, home cooked food that every every one of us can, can cook for our families. So I put the... Sugar put, I done the social media post where I cooked it and 
put it online and all the rest. And then I found people coming in for the takeaway, uh, getting whatever they were getting, and then asking about uh, a senior um, sugar pit pork chap. Um, give, give us two of those, and I'll I'll try it. Okay. You know, so um, <laughs> there, there there was a few to be honest that you know everyone everyone blames the chef. Or everyone blames the butcher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If, if you get bad meat, as as people call it, um, I, I got a bad roast from the village butcher, and then you ask them how you how you cook it. Yes. And they tell you, and then you quickly realise that it's not <laughs> it's not the butcher. It's it's the uh, yeah the way it's being cooked. What for what respect you um. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to swear, but <laughs> with respect, yeah, you, uh, you you messed that up yourself. <laughs> and do you, have you got yourself? Um, I mean, do you have sponsors for your butcher and what you're doing, Ryan? No, I mean, all... my, my sponsors are, are the local community and saying, yeah, and fire afield. So, and how are you promoting your business? Is it all word of mouth now? Social, social media. At the start, social media, then online, um, then now it's word of mouth that there, there's people traveling 10 or 12 miles just to come and get, because I cook my own chips, uh, I peel my own spuds, they're all done by hand. Um, people are coming, because a lot of takeaways or restaurants or a lot of places around here and anywhere, anywhere in the world you go now, everything is frozen. Yes. So you can get frozen chips anywhere, but it's hard to find now home homemade chips. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to turn well not turn keep keep the butcher shop the way it was. Well, I understand that there's things that you have to change and you have to modernize and you have to progress with the times, but you know, people come in and ask me, uh, where did the pork come from? And then they don't, whenever I tell them uh, such and such a farmer four miles down the road or up the road, they don't yeah. know what to say. They don't know what to say because they're expecting China or uh, a meat wholesaler or, you know, they don't know what to say. So I love the fact that I'm, I'm able to show and able to promote and able to do what I do mm. here. I'm, I'm getting the chance to do that. And now with the the way things have steadied out, got over Christmas, uh, got over the new year, January, February, we're we're starting now to knuckle down and you know sort things out. Yeah. Um, I've now got all our plans to expand, as as I say, to specialize in certain things and make a uniqueness of myself mm-hmm. and. You you talk, Ryan, about people um, are in um, are surprised to know that your produce has come from sourced locally too, three miles away. I do know um, of a butcher that's near me, and what they do is they put a little blackboard outside, and they write on it um, beef sourced from 
so-and-so and so-and-so -and -so farm and pork sourced from here and lamb. And they list all the, the names of the farmers and where they are. So people thinking, wow, you know, this is local, it's sourced local, and here it is for us to eat. Um, yeah. And I think that, um, and, and that, that has been a, a great success. And it is now, I think, as we see that everybody is talking about their carbon footprint, wanting to know locally sourced meat. They want to support local produce. They want to know about the people who are valuing what they do. And when it comes down yeah. to the end chain, which to like yourself, they understand and they can see the appreciation that you have put in to what you, you know, what, what, what you've done. Um, is so your butcher is it is it family run now? Have you got is it your you know have you got your parents or siblings me, helping? Me, me, myself, and I. Just me. on your own, you have no help at all. I um whenever whenever the hot food buyer took off, I opened it up on a Friday night. From I think it was from five to ten, advertised it as, and they were queued outside. And I thought to myself, what am I going to do here? Because I'm I'm cooking everything from fresh. Uh, I don't put your chips on the fryer until you order them. I often cook my burgers. You know, I didn't know. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to mess this up by not providing... Like people, I think one day a fast a fast food takeaway. They expect it as soon as they go in the door. It's, it's the same everywhere. They yeah. expect as soon as they go in the door, it's ready. They pay the money. They they go home and that's it. Whereas it, it quickly emerged here that I'm I'm actually doing everything fresh and I'm doing everything in front of the customers as well, which is you no know, there's no hiding place. I'm doing everything in front of the customer. So quickly then got to the stage where I thought I need a, I need a well, advertising I of course, but I need to get helping. So I sat down and thought about it and then I just thought, well, maybe it, it could be right or it could be wrong, but it's, it's working at the minute. Maybe I just have to do more hours myself. So that's that. That's what I do. So I close the shop. I know I'm here today, but I close the shop on a Wednesday. And people have now got to know that the shop's closed on a Wednesday. But I'm not closed on a Wednesday. I'm in the back peeling 80 kilos of spuds with okay. my wee, wee uh, green-handled knife. I'm out sourcing products for the next week I'm out I'm actually giving the local farmer um, a hand at the minute with a pedigree herd of Aberdeen Angus um, and they will they will be coming to me T 10 minutes from here 10 minutes drive from here and what um, time does your day start Ryan it varies um, it, it actually does vary I haven't got a routine um as long as animals are fed, um, it, it just depends. I was, I was trying to uh, get into a routine for a lot of things recently, uh, but it, it's just 
as I say, it takes time. Um, I opened last night. I opened the takeaway last night for the first time on a Tuesday night. And it was as busy as a Friday night or a Saturday night. Oh. Um, so basically, I've sold. I peeled my 80 kilos of spuds uh, on Monday because Monday was quiet. I done my 80 kilos of spuds. Uh, peeled them, washed them, chipped them with my, my wee... Uh, Maybe body, maybe green handled Victor Knox knife. Um, and I had them prepped and everything. And I'd done 20 burgers by uh, oven cooked burgers. I sold 48. I sold, there's a pack here somewhere. Maybe 10. So it sounds like you must start. Burgers start sort of like I don't know say five six o'clock in the morning and you most probably are not in bed by two o'clock the following morning then I wouldn't say um I wouldn't say I started at five or six in the morning uh, I wake at five or six in the morning but I'm, I'm always planning always writing stuff down always looking for new ideas uh and then as I say a lot of people think oh he's closed on a on a Wednesday. He's he's lying in his bed or he's chilling out or he's away to the beach or he's away to wherever but I'm always on the go. Um and and I love it. You know what I mean? That's that's that's, that's what amazing. I do. Absolutely. Um, right. Uh -huh. Brilliant. I mean look I don't want to take up any more of your time because I bet you're itching to start planning and doing things. But yeah, I'm right. good. I'm, I'm, I've got a, I've got a few hours yet. A few uh, <laughs> a few on fire away. I'm I'm free for a few hours yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Ryan, it's been an absolute treat and a joy speaking with you today. Seriously, thank you, you for sharing so. your well. Well, it's awe inspiring. It's heartfelt. You know, and your adventures. It's 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 you know it's it's fantastic. I mean, there is no doubt that your commitment and drive. Is definitely going to see your success continue, Ryan, um, in everything that you do. I want you to keep in touch um, and do visit us on the OSB Rare Breed Pork Group on Facebook and just share some of your very interesting ideas and your pork ideas. It would be brilliant. So, Ryan, thank you very, very much indeed for your time. Thank, thank you. you, Kim. Okay. Thank you. Bye.